Welcome to the Sovereign Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arzu Babri. In this community, we embark on a journey towards self-discovery in order to reclaim our sovereignty and live a life rich in connection, meaning, and purpose. Welcome back, everyone. I hope that you're all feeling peaceful and enjoying the month of June so far. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the law of attraction, but with a bit of a spin, focusing mainly on where most people seem to get stuck, which is something that I don't really see too many people discussing. And if you guys remember back to episode 25 titled Patterns, I briefly touched on the difference between the law of attraction versus the principle of attraction, saying that the former is based on the idea that like attracts like, while the latter is based on the idea that like tends to attract like. And in that episode, I mentioned how The principle of attraction may seem more appealing for many people given the fact that it doesn't guarantee anything because most people who have heard about or applied the law of attraction to their lives may feel as though it doesn't work because they haven't seen the results that they wanted. So in today's episode, we are going to break down what the law of attraction is its various components, and in particular, where most people give up, and finally, some influential factors that determine the success rate of the law of attraction in each person's life. So to start off, a very important point to keep in mind is that there are several proven universal laws that have been recognized by almost all ancient traditions, and these laws govern how the universe operates. And I'm sure by now most of you are at least aware of the fact that there is a synchronistic flow and energetic force present within the universe, which is not just a physical force, but also a mental construct, including both thoughts and emotions. So like I have mentioned in a couple of different episodes of the past, every single thing in existence has a vibrational frequency. And this actually is a universal law in and of itself known as the law of vibration. So every person, place, thing, emotion, thought, and action has a vibration and our reality is often composed of what we are vibrationally projecting out into our surroundings. So if we were to look across all ancient cultures, we will notice the same underlying themes and messages repeated among each of the widely accepted universal laws. Now, with the law of attraction in particular, some believe that it has its own subset of laws, including the law of manifestation, the law of magnetism, the law of unwavering desire, the law of paradoxical intent, the law of harmony, the law of right action, and the law of expanding influence. I personally feel like this complicates things too much and that these so-called laws are facets rather than laws. So what I want to do for everyone listening today is simplify the backbone of the law of attraction because it really isn't as complicated as everyone is making it seem. So I've broken it down into four main components, which encompass all the various potential factors involved in the law of attraction. So with that, let's jump right into some basic definitions. So the law of attraction, also known as the law of affinity, is the relationship between energy, quantum physics, and the universal or natural laws. In simple terms, the law of attraction states that anyone has the ability to draw into their life what they focus on. So whatever you are able to see in your mind's eye, you can manifest into your reality. 
And because the law of attraction is one of the universal laws, this means that it is a governing force. So it exists with or without your awareness of it and can significantly impact both the direction and your overall experience of life. Now, an important point to keep in mind is that through the law of attraction, we create both the things that we want and don't want in our lives, because according to the law, we are manifesting based on our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings. And I was sitting with the idea of how I wanted to describe the law of attraction to you guys with imagery. And when I closed my eyes, I saw a very clear vision, and I hope that this will help you guys in understanding what the law of attraction embodies energetically. So to begin, we need to envision the law of attraction as a universal force. So think of how gravity is the force between two objects. The law of attraction is the force between you and your desired outcome or beliefs. So if you guys were to close your eyes for just a moment and and imagine those um, colorful slides that you would see at the water park, but imagine them as flowing slides of vibrant energy in different colors and moving at different rates. Now imagine that each of these slides will take you to a completely different destination and all you have to do is jump into one of the slides and flow to your desired destination. That to me is the image I get for the law of attraction because like I mentioned, every single thing in existence has a vibrational frequency that is in constant flow with or without your awareness of of it. And your ability to manifest whatever you desire comes down to your ability to match the frequency of what it is that you want in life so that you are propelled into the flowing energetic slide that then will take you to your desire. So let's use an example. Let's say that you desire financial abundance. Now, how the law of attraction works is that you need to tap into the frequency of financial abundance to be able to access the energy flow so that you can begin to be guided to that desired destination. Now, what makes this challenging for most people is obviously multiple reasons, but namely because it's very difficult for people to A, step outside of feelings of lack, especially when it comes to material manifestations, B, let go of their deeply rooted subconscious beliefs and C, begin to believe that their desired outcome is even possible. So with that, let's dive into the four main components of the law of attraction. So the first component is the vision. So you need to begin to have a clear vision of what you want, because like I mentioned, the whole point of the law of attraction is that if you can envision it clearly in your mind, you can manifest it into your life. So this is why people create dream boards or even vision boards as an additional tool towards manifesting their desires. But you don't need to necessarily know how to get from point A to point B. You simply need to understand yourself enough to know with clarity what it is that you are seeking. The second component to the law of attraction is asking and creating, because again, to manifest is to bring into existence. So you make a clear declaration of your desired outcome. And the next step is the creation process. Now, what I mean when I say creation is what are you energetically creating and putting out into the universe through your thoughts and your feelings, which in turn are creating your experience. Because when you worry about the outcome of what you are trying to manifest, you are creating a vibration of worry and you shift the creating process 
from what you actually want into the creation of more worry. So this is the first place where most people get stuck because they end up focusing on lack and focusing on not feeling deserving or worthy of their desired outcome. And on this whole note of creation, sometimes what you are asking for requires an upgrade on your end. And most people aren't really ready to change or reinvent themselves. So they give up at this point. So we need to understand that creation also involves creating a new version of yourself that can meet your desired outcome, which often involves dissolving the ego and negative thinking to create a state for your desired outcome to be drawn to you. And creating also involves aligning what you want with positive experience to increase the flow of energy towards what you want instead of what you don't want or what you don't have. So this is where the idea of paradoxical intent comes in because most of the time people want something so bad that they perpetuate the energy of not having it, especially when it comes to material possessions. They keep vibrating at the energy of desperately trying to cling on to whatever it is that they want instead of the energy of free-flowing abundance of having it. Now, I've heard a lot of people say things like fake it until you make it. And I personally don't really resonate with that because I believe more in the power of truth and authenticity. But if that's something that works for you, then great. But there are other ways in which you can tap into the energy of something without physically possessing it and having to fake it. So if you want financial abundance and you find it difficult to embody the energy of something you don't physically have, you need to start with baby steps. So you first need to embody the energy of the abundance that already exists in your life. So take a look at your life and see what you feel rich in. Maybe you are rich with good friends, rich with creativity, rich with love, rich with connection, whatever it may be. If you want more abundance in your life, you need to shift your focus onto the things that you already possess that embody what you want to create more of. Now, the issue with most people is that they are so fixated on the missing pieces of their lives that they continue to perpetuate the energy of something missing. But if you were to shift your focus to your inner world and your immediate surroundings and see the beauty and gifts that life has already given you, not only will you eventually get to your desire, but life will become more enjoyable and meaningful because you are grounded and grateful instead of going in circles, chasing things due to lack and fear. The third component of the law of attraction is allowing, which means letting the situation be without control, force, doubt, and negative thoughts or emotions. Allowing involves trust and the absence of doubt during the entire process. Because if we were to go back to our imagery of the energetic slides, energies like fear, doubt, or worry redirect us from our original destination. So let's say you're flowing along on the slide of abundance and you begin to worry about the situation. So that will then shoot you off onto the slide of doubt and redirect your journey. Now, a really important point to keep in mind is that it is completely natural to have doubts along the way, but the secret is how fast can you propel yourself out of doubt and back onto your destined path? So as you can see, this is where most people give up because they succumb to their thoughts and feelings of doubt and worry about whether or not their desired outcome will ever happen for them because it's simply maybe taking too long. And on this whole idea of timing, 
Something that we need to understand is that everything happens in divine timing. If we rush the process, we will end up with a very unpleasant version of our desired outcome, almost like taking um, a cake out of the oven too soon. So another aspect of allowing is opening space for what it is that you desire and allowing yourself to receive. And I cannot tell you the amount of people that have actually manifested something incredible into their lives, but accidentally either let it go or not fully accepted it because they simply lacked the ability to receive their blessing fully and completely. And sometimes allowing is giving yourself time to develop into the person you need to become for what you desire to manifest into your life. So the example that comes to mind is let's say you decide at the age of six that you want to become a doctor and you give up by the age of seven or even eight or nine or 10 because it didn't happen for you when you never allowed the process to take the natural course that it needs to. So the reason you allow this particular scenario to play out is because at that age, you realize the steps that are involved in becoming a doctor. You need to first finish elementary school, graduate from high school, go to university, go to medical school. So you allow the process to play its natural course because you know the steps that are involved. But what makes the law of attraction difficult for most is the that the steps towards a desired goal are often unknown. And there are many ebbs and flows in life that naturally occur. So you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel sometimes. And you end up writing off the entire situation saying that it it doesn't exist because it's simply too challenging. So understanding that attracting a goal into your life requires perseverance, patience, hard work, and believing in yourself and your desired outcome. Because even with scenarios where the steps are laid out, people still don't know if they will make it to the, to the finish line. They may fail an exam and give up completely on their dreams. So the final point that I want to cover on this whole idea of allowing is the importance of the pause. Because when you sincerely ask for something, that thing in essence is yours and the journey begins for the two of you to find each other. And the challenge is how firmly you can maintain this belief that it is already yours and how easily you will let go of negative thoughts or feelings, recognizing that the delay is part of the human experience. So the time it takes for our desires to manifest is teaching us the to exercise patience, strengthen our faith, and to overcome our fears that stand in the way of our desires. So to sum up this point, instead of just asking for something in and of itself, ask to be ready to receive it as well, to recognize it when it arrives and be blessed enough to appreciate and create more through that very thing. The fourth component of the law of attraction is intention. So if your intentions behind a desired manifestation are based in harming others, gaining power over others, or anything that disrupts the harmony of life, it will not be sustainable and it will end up destroying you in the end. And we see this theme in so many fairy tales, movies, and books where the villain who's after something very precious often has to give up an aspect of themselves to obtain their desire, which often involves their youth, their soul, or any other part of themselves that is divine in nature, because you're going against the will of the universe for personal gain. So it's very important to understand that we ask for and allow what is meant to be and for the highest good of all and our intentions behind our manifestations are just as important in the overall sequence of universal flow. So those were the four components of the law of attraction. Now, for those of you who have applied the law of attraction to your life and find it's really not working out at some point, I'm sure you have heard people say things such as, oh, maybe you're 
not you're focusing too much on the negative maybe you're doubting the process maybe you're not patient enough and so on and so forth which are all good tips but what is creating these things in within you in the first place is the key and what i want to focus on in this next section and i want to take a microscopic view into the reasons behind your automatic thoughts, your tendencies towards doubt, worry, and sense of unworthiness that is creating this reality gap between you and your dreams. And it all comes down to your personality and your temperaments, which are influenced by four main factors. So the first influential factor on our personality is genetics. So it's estimated that about 20 to 60% of our temperaments are determined by genetics. So this includes our behavioral traits, including whether we are extroverted or introverted, our emotionality, our energy levels, our attention levels, and even our persistence. Now, the interesting part is as soon as anyone says genetics, most of the time people jump to all the horrible traits that their parents and relatives possess instead of all the positive attributes and strengths. So a great starting point would be to consider some of the greatest qualities that you inherited from your parents or your grandparents and begin to harness those traits instead of focusing on your so-called downfalls. Now, something really great about genetics is that it's the fastest and most effective method that serves as a reflection of what may be going on for you internally. So if you guys remember back to episode 21, I mentioned how an aspect of the shadow is projection. And oftentimes the things we hate most in our families are really great opportunities for us to turn inwards and see why we have such big emotions about certain personality traits. So genetics is a window of insight towards unraveling your personal story. The second influencing factor towards our personality is our familial and ancestral patterns. Now, what this point is all about is that the way in which we view ourselves boils down to what impressions we have accumulated during the span of our lives. And that then translates into how we see and evaluate ourselves and other people in our lives. And oftentimes, our impressions are based on judgments and the opinions of those closest to us and the patterns that have been passed down generationally. So a really important aspect of ancestral patterns is what messages did you receive while growing up? And this often includes traditions, the meaning behind those traditions, your family values, and even ancestral traumas that have shaped your genetic makeup with or without your conscious awareness. So what I mean by familial patterns is if you grew up in a family where there was a lack of love between your parents and they just put up with one another, you may grow up to think that this is a normal standard of relationship. So you carry on with that mindset and you don't even bother dreaming of or pursuing something better for yourself. And if you guys are interested in learning more about this topic, take a listen to episode two on the genetics of trauma and behavior. The third influencing factor of towards our personality traits and temperaments is our environment. And what I mean by environment is it involves multiple facets of life, including where you live. So the country, city, or region, where you work, your home, your social circle, and your socioeconomic status even. So these all play a significant role in your temperament and further influence your gene activity. So your environment provides a point of contrast in life that helps you to determine who you are in comparison to everyone around you. 
And it's your environment that shapes who you become, starting with what you are exposed to and your surrounding resources. So I find the most fascinating part about our environment is that most people often associate what is familiar with what is safe. So you can't expect to achieve great things by staying in your comfort zone. So if you are wondering why the law of attraction isn't working for you, you need to assess what in your environment is keeping you stuck, comfortable, and complacent. The fourth influencing factor towards the development of personality and temperament is experiences. So this includes first and foremost, traumatic events that have shaped your personality, but also just as importantly, unacknowledged pain or unprocessed fears that tend to hold you back in many aspects of life. So your experiences include your friendships, your family relationships, interactions with strangers, and your overall perception of these experiences as well, because different situations trigger each of our nervous systems to a different degree. And through that, we begin to reshape our personality in order to be accepted and feel a sense of belonging. So maybe you were bullied as a child or shamed or even unaccepted. And what you may have ended up doing is shape-shifting to fit in, but by fitting into a box for others, you often end up confining yourself of sometimes your greatest assets and gifts. So another part of our experiences is their contribution to our limiting beliefs and our awareness of them. Because if our limiting beliefs are not interchangeable, especially in the allowing stage of the law of attraction, our desire attraction will end at the point in which we are feeling limited deep within. And I have a full episode dedicated to limiting beliefs. So if you would like to explore this topic further, you can absolutely check out that episode as well. So to wrap up today's topic, these influential points do not mean that you are doomed for failure. They simply mean that we all come into this life with an intricate story that we have to unravel in order to reach for our highest potential. And with that, let's move right into this week's episode prompts. Prompt number one is... Big or small, what have I manifested into my life in the past? Prompt number two, what was my overall experience with this manifestation? And prompt number three, what is one thing that is standing in the way of what I currently want to attract into my life? All right, friends, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Sovereign Soul Podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed this week's topic and found the various components of the law of attraction and how I presented it in this episode, enlightening in a new from a new perspective, and that you can begin to look at some of the influential factors and the components of the law of attraction as sort of gateways into your self discovery journey. So I wish you guys a beautiful rest of your week, and I will connect with you in a future episode.